December 7, 2022, it's Watt Pedro Show. Uh, would, you say, just, would you say that you're trying to play everything you hear at well, one time or something like that? No, there, there are some set things that I know, some devices that I know, harmonic devices that I know that will uh, take me out of the ordinary path, you see, if I use these. But I haven't played them enough and I'm not familiar with them enough yet to take the one single line through them. So I play all of them, you know, trying to uh, acclimate my ear so I can hear, you know. For Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Uh, started off with Carl Eric Lindgren on March 22nd, 1960, right? We're talking 62 years ago. Asking John Coltrane if he's trying to play everything he hears. And then we had Joey Conroy with Rouse Brown Mouse. And because of those Skype engineers in Estonia, we got the technology to bring you all the way from Louisville. Joey Conroy. Welcome aboard, Joey. Hey, Mike. Great to be here. Ah, most kind. And we got to thank right away Tom Dale for uh, making the connect. Beautiful man. And uh, people ask me about the old days. I say it was about people. I think the new days is about people, too. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Joey, please bring your earliest musical recollection. Oh, man. My earliest musical recollection uh, uh, was um, as a kid... uh, hearing my mother's record collection, which was about 32 records. I think every adult uh, who had a record player had these same 32 records. They were all, uh, uh, you know, soundtracks. Oklahoma, uh, Annie Get Your Gun. Musicals. uh, South Pacific. And then uh, once a week, we'd go over to my neighbor's house, Penny. She was ancient. She worked with my mom. And she uh, played Sandler and Young records. And the tune... uh, Okay, yeah. Uh, I don't even remember why I was talking about that. Because but, oh, you asked for my earliest memories of, that's about right. music. That's right. And, and I had a Jesus um, radio, and I used to hide under the blankets for my favorite songs. Uh, at that point, which were the Beach Boys, I Get Around, and uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders, Kicks. I love those songs. Okay. And Spe- uh, the, speak- line, the line in the Beach Boys song... Yeah, my friends at me are getting real well known. The bad guys know us, and they leave us alone. Ah, really had an enormous impact on my life. That's a great <laughs> one. You know, uh, Sam, the Sam and the, the Pharaohs, right? Uh, Wooly Bully, don't be right. L seven. Yeah, right. Don't be L seven. <laughs> they knew how to write words in the sixties. Uh, Joey, they they really did. Those, what, those speak, still speaking hold of up, those man. old records. What was the first record you bought with your own money? Beach Boys Live, Before I Get Around. And, and, but, uh, and what was the first I think you... the first record I bought as an adult with my own money 
was, I mean, people bought me records. They had Herman's Herman's records and Monkey's records and Beatles records, Moody Blues records even. But the rec first record I bought with my own money was Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Deja Vu. Okay. That opening line on Carry On. My mom had just died, and that song just meant everything to me. The harmonies, everything. What was the first gig you saw? Allman Brothers. Okay. Back in 72. Dwayne had just died, but Barry Oakley was still alive. And that that concert changed my life because uh, I I'd not smoked pot or anything, but people everywhere were smoking pot, and I'm sure I was high. And I remember just physically thinking, what makes this band sound so good? And they had just launched into this instrumental Lay Brer and A Mine. And I swear to God, a lightning bolt just shot up my spine. And I said, if I can get that to happen to anybody else in life, I'll have lived a life worth living. <laughs> now, this pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? No. And my family's incredibly unmusical. Okay. As what about, what... musical as my family was, my dad used to get drunk and sing Irish tunes. And what about at school? Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? I went to Catholic school, so we had to sing, but uh, no, none of that. I was a visual artist. I was really interested in being a visual artist. And at 16, I decided I wanted to be a musician instead with no, absolutely nothing to go by. And uh, I gave up doing drawings. I mean, I still did it through high school, but at, uh, I started playing guitar at 16. Okay. Just self-taught. Why did you pick the guitar? Uh, the Allman Brothers. Eric Clapton, okay. there was a solo on uh, Clapton's Let It Rain. He kind of lifted the song from Stephen Stills, I later, later found out. But um, he did two solos. One was in his really pretty woman tone, and then the other was uh, that Fender sound that was just... Just what? Fuck, I lost. It's, uh, I mean, I could... <laughs> I can still play that solo. It's really nice. Okay, it's let, really let, nice let, solo. let me ask you this. I, I, let me ask you this, Joey. What was your first guitar? Uh, a, a Hagstrom. It was a piece of crap. Electric, electric or acoustic? It was electric. And what was your first amp? I didn't get it. Uh, I had, I don't know how I got hold of this thing, but I had this giant bass custom you know with the roll top yeah padded I mean, it was for bass guitar it was a crappy amp i couldn't move it anywhere it was hey by the way that solo on steely dan reeling in the years elliot randall did that yeah. on it he did that on an svt amp because there was nothing else in the studio it just turned up all the way no kidding i wouldn't shit you joey so you took no lessons what did you learn off records so joey you're saying yeah. you never took any lessons. You were self-taught. You learned off records. Right. Okay. Now, we, did you do anything like, not after school, like graduate, but in the afternoon, the bedroom band, the basement band, the garage band? Um, I uh, was asked to join a band by this kind of legendary Louisville character, Chris Lee. He wanted, he needed another, he's a great guitar player, and he needed another guitar player in the band. He, um, he's really at the center of the growth of the punk rock scene here, although that's not what he did. He had a band called, it was a little bit more Zappa, Beefheart-like, called uh, Boomerang Pie, Pie Symbol, got it? Right, uh, right. And were you part and, of Boomerang Pie? 
I was. I was. I was the second guitar player. And um, do you remember, when, uh, Joey? Do you remember your first gig with the Pie? Yeah, yeah. At the Ecumenical Center at U of L. Now, was that your first gig ever? Yes. And how was it? Yes. It was fucking great. I felt like on top of the world. And we, not long after that, Bill Laswell and Material, they were called the Zoo Band then, came to town and stayed at my house. And my band got to open for that with Gong and uh, Yasko Suffer and Mother Gong. And what was, was your what was your band? Boomerang Pie. Oh, oh, I thought that was your, uh, that other cat's band. No, that was another cat's band. But that band got to do, got to do it, and we had this epic uh, tune called the Guitar Massacre. Uh, uh, the Guitar Massacre, basically, it was like a punk operetta. And where I was going to chainsaw a guitar in half. And I thought I was going to make rock history. But right before I go on, Bill asks, telling Bill Laswell what I was going to do. And he goes, oh, you know, there's a band in New York that just did that. I said, well, they didn't put it on a record, did they? And I, he think goes, oh, yeah, actually, they I think Tav Falco did it on like a local access television show in Memphis. With Panther. Really? What's, what year? In late 70s sometime. Yeah, this would have been 78. So maybe you beat, I don't know. I don't know who was first, but you know, I'm into it. I think Wendy Williams ended up using chainsaws and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think she gets the credit and rightfully so, you know, like, (laughs) look, I want to play this Danny Dutton in the secret Commonwealth. Sure.
possibility, oh man, no, no, I can't go with that. You go, for Pedro show start off that chunk of music with Danny Dutton and the Secret Commonwealth doing visitors then we had Spot my old buddy from the SST days up in Sheboygan Wisconsin these days this is Kutaito then Boris they got a brand new record and this is chapter one we played the epilogue last edition this is chapter one Howlin' Moon Melton Sun yeah and then Ott out of Texas with unquelled razoring. <laughs> yeah. Brother Chris Groger, incredible cat. Um, Model Home out of the D.C. area featuring Mike Patil with Thank You, Ma- Thank You with the U. That's Model Home. Uh, Bombas Prendon, same 
general area, uncaged and standing in line, death suit tape, super bass, death tape, super bass. They were on the show a month ago. Chaos Helmet. Finally, Joey Conroy, Danny Dutton, Susan Alcorn with Stagger Lee. Everybody knows Stagger Lee. So, okay, Boomerang Pie. Kind of ca uh, Captain Beefheart, Captain uh, Frank Zappa. Yeah, a lot of it was all songs about like monsters, and you know, it was it was it was a mock rock. Mock you know, rock. We had songs about the Loch Ness monster and stuff like that. And how many piece? Uh, two guitars. A guy who sort of played keyboards, Bob Fuller. He was kind of the Eno of the group. We had a drummer. We had uh, Jeff Jones um, on uh, keyboards and saxophone. And uh, Eddie Bartley, I think, was the bass player. A friend of mine lives in San Francisco now. Did you do any recording? I don't have any of those recordings, unfortunately. Yeah, because you didn't flow me any. and so. But this was an important right. thing. This was a fundamental step in your musical thing, right? Yes, yes, it was. Okay. And uh, like you said, in school, you had to sing because uh, choir, right? The church thing and stuff. Yeah. But but did you do any kind of music in school? No. Okay. It was no. all outside. It was all outside. So when you do graduate, do you go up to higher learning? Yeah, I went to um, Catholic high school, which was kind of nothing for me. And uh, I got into the University of Louisville. And there I sort of met my tribe and formed my first bands. My first band that I formed was a band called Sonic Decay. Okay. And it was kind of a, a attempt to bring like an improvisational Pink Floyd type sound into, you know, the punk thing. And were you composing by this time? Uh, I was trying. <laughs> well, when you say improvise, that's kind of composing in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I was, uh, I, I had ideas, but they weren't really compositions that I would think of. They were just like uh, ways ways of getting music kickstarted. And did you get, have like a, like a, a four track, a cassette, or something like like this? Were you recording? No, yourself? nothing like that. No, no nothing. nothing like that. Okay. So, um, when, when, I, I didn't really start doing anything like that until Oot Greet formed. And when I moved to Santa Cruz in the 19, uh, 1981 or 79. And by 81, I had formed Oot Greet with uh, 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 David Stilley, who still lives in Santa Cruz, and uh, James Potter, who now lives in uh, uh, Portland, Oregon. And what was the name of the band? Oots Greet, and that's the band I still have today. Okay, we're okay. Going you gave on our fourth decade. Yes, you gave me some of that. Uh, we're going to be playing. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm super proud of that. And it's and it's uh, continuing. We're going to play it in the second and third hour. You gave me, uh, yeah, Friend of the Cow and the Grotesque Pageant. Yeah, that's fade David Stilley wrote most of that, but all of that was improvised one track after another. We just built that up. Okay. It's basically all one takes. So, obviously, Utgrit, how do you pronounce Utgrit? Utgrit. Okay, Utgrit. 
Luke Greed had a big impact on your life since you still got it going. Uh, yeah. And, and it, it's a result of you meeting some new people in California. Yeah. Uh, David Stilley, I think, is one of those musical geniuses. He, did, he barely had a high school education, but was building his own. Uh, he, he built his own electronic music system using early Bukla materials, some uh, Surge touch plates. There was a brand new company called Emu that did the emulator like that the residents did. And he had one of their early voice cards and he had kind of Frankensteined all these things together. Plus two of those multi uh, keyboard, uh, multiphonic uh, Casios, MT thirties. I think they were, and he had built in jacks to those things and would use those as the keyboard. I mean, he was just a genius. He played every saxophone, every clarinet. He was a great keyboard player, a fantastic guitar player. He was the bass player in a couple of my bands. He was a great percussionist. I mean, he, this guy just had no limits. Now, you stuck to guitar, right? Well, I'm a multi-instrumentalist because of him, basically. When I moved to oh, Santa okay. Cruz, okay. So you moved I was only guitar. a guitar player. Yes, yes. But when I got to Santa Cruz, like everybody and their mother played guitar. Yeah, right. And if I was going to play with other people, I had to branch out. So I started playing bass right away. Whoa. What was your first bass, Joey? My first bass was a fretless Fender. Wow. <laughs> and uh, would you, what, do you have flat wilds? Um. I used round wounds because they had the bite that I liked. I know, but did you tear the Especially neck up? Did it tear the neck up? It tore the fucking maple <laughs> neck up. <laughs> Do you remember the first gig you played bass at? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, uh, we had um, been invited to this punk rock festival. It was our first gig as Oot Greek. It was in Santa Cruz by Jerry Ford, who had this band called Bent. And there were all these punk bands there. And we uh, showed up, and we had this piece called uh, Panic in the Zoo. Parentheses, Ted Nugent is coming. <laughs> and uh, basically, it was clarinet, saxophone, me on bass, and this crazy jazz drummer who was like twice as old as the rest of us. We really happens. into playing free jazz, and we just wailed for like, 20 minutes and at the beginning people were sauce we had saxophones and stuff and playing jazz sucks you know <laughs> that kind of thing and at the end the place was dead silent when we finished it was just completely dead silent and there was one guy clapping this like 60 year old guy named harry newmark and he loved us and he showed up at every gig we ever played except for one time when he had to choose between us and John Zorn oh, doing okay. Cobra. And he chose John Zorn. That was the only gig of, of ours he ever missed in California. Now, now, how did, how did you learn on bass? By doing? By uh, records? Or? I just, I just trial and error. Like this I big, mean, like this big tune at your uh, premier gig, the, the 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 zoo, the, the zoo tune. What? Panic at the zoo, yeah. So, so what, what did you come up? How was it composed? How did the band put its music together? Well, those guys were just wailing their ass off, and I was just trying to keep up with the drummer. I was just playing as hard and as fast as I could with with my fingers, 
Okay. Um, and the drummer, and, uh, was, drummer was twice as old as you. Yeah, he's really fast. <laughs> and here's the funny thing about that gig: he disappeared right before the gig, and we were like, like looking for him, and uh, we found him like crunched in this really tiny space under the stage. And I said, "Chris, what, what's going on? Are you okay?" And he's just like sweating like a uh, just like a mad dog. He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I just did a bunch of sheep adrenaline." <laughs> He had a bunch it's of. It's like, ad- where do you even get cheap adrenaline? I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, that's crazy. You're, so he played like super, like. You're crazy. saying you're saying cheap adrenaline? Yeah, right. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, where do you get that stuff? I mean... <laughs> okay, okay, but you said he played good and he kept you uh, up to the thing. Did you continue on? Oh and- my God! It was like nailing. It was like nailing torture to the cross. It was great. But you didn't stay on bass in Utgreet. Um Well, eventually, when we lost our drummer. When we lost the drummer, I started branching out. I was taking violin lessons. I had a violin. I was terrible at it, but still. Uh, you know, I, I, I had achieved an acoustic guitar. I started playing a little electric guitar. Uh, I started getting into um, ethnic instruments. David was into buying, um, we had the Santa Cruz flea market, and he'd go to the flea market and buy any exotic instrument that he could. So he'd come home with these Macedonian bagpipes and stuff, and <laughs> and he started bringing home string instruments, and if he didn't like them, he'd sell them to me. So I just incorporated them into my uh, my uh, array of sound. David, we, David, uh, uh, David had quite an impact on your musical journey. Oh, yeah. Oh, Look, yeah. we're at the end of the first uh, hour. We just... Joey, we're at the end of the first hour, December 7, 2022 okay. edition of the Waff Pedro Show. Special guest, Joey Conroy. Hold tight for hour two. December 7, 2022. It's the second hour of the Waff Pedro Show.
was involuntary I went to school My daddy made me do it It was involuntary I got a job Society made me do it It was involuntary Paid my rent, the landlord made me do it. It was involuntary. So many things I never ever wanted to do. Now it seems I'm taking orders, darling. Orders from you Taking orders from you Every day there's something Somebody makes you do And it's involuntary a chance to do it's sad there seems to be so few so much is involuntary so listen baby I don't need nobody else telling me to do what's still involuntary so when I say goodbye to you well that'll be one thing that's surely not involuntary
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Oot Greet doing Friend of the Cow. Sam Bennett after that, involuntary, uh, out of Tokyo, via Birmingham, Alabama. Sam Bennett, uh, yeah, Brother Sam. Muskeg Mudsuck after that, out of Alaska with Diolith. Fausto, Faustito, I think Austin, there is a name. Hammered Holes, just had uh, Alec Mackay, singer man. DC area. Staggering genius. Although Mark Cisneros, the drummer man, has a lot to do with this band, too. Interesting story. And then Don, I mean, French TV with with grit and determination, Terrell dons the bow tie. <laughs> Joey, enlighten me to this French TV proj. Yeah, they're a Louisville band. Um, my keyboard player was a founding member of that band. And great. So we're sort of sister bands. Okay. You share members? Well, him, uh, just, a, just him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But although um, just about every member, um, well, like my drummer came out of French TV, Bob Douglas. Okay. Uh, Dean Zagoras played in Greek for a while. He's out of French TV. Greg Acker played in French TV for a while. He's out of French TV, so we share a lot of members. Okay. They and all this, and this, came from them to me, though. I want to say that. Okay, <laughs> no problem. And and this Utgreet tune, Friend of the Cow, what era of Utgreet was it? Was this early Utgreet? That was when we first started doing compositions. Uh, we just moved to Louisville. Uh, okay, uh, so, yeah, that, let's get the tra- timeline straight. So you're going to school at Santa Cruz, UC Santa Cruz. And yeah. Then, and then you get and, done, uh, and then you go back. To Louisville? In 89. I spent the entire decade of the 80s in Santa Cruz, in, in San Francisco some. Wow. I think there was a pad called OT Prices, but most of my Santa Cruz gigs in those days was at Catalyst. Yes, yes. In fact, I, I, I saw you at the Catalyst. Yeah. God, they like ran the rock and roll in that town for many years. Yeah, uh, they did. I saw so many great bands at the Catalyst. So when you, hey, go- I don't want to say. Yeah, go you ahead, know, Joe. You're playing. I thought you were like the Jack Bruce of the 1980s. Jack, you know what I mean? Jack Bruce. It's, it's like Jack Bruce changed the role of the bass. No, Jack Bruce had the, a huge effect on me, Joey. 60s, and I think you did the same thing with 80s music. You put the bass forward. Whoa, you're very kind. 
Well, I saw other people doing it. It seemed with the movement, with the punk movement, it seemed everybody was more on a level playing field. You know, the acoustic's much different than arena rock, so stuff like drums and bass could come up more, I think. Yeah. And also, D. Boone was very generous and let me let, the, let that freak flag fly. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I turned him on to Cream. When I met D. Boone, the only rock and roll band he knew was Cream's Clearwater Revival. And I could not hear what Steve <laughs> Cook was playing, but I could hear what Jack Bruce was playing. Ah, so, uh, Ut Greet, you, it just doesn't stay in Santa Cruz. You bring it back to Louisville. Right. I brought the whole band as it existed back to Louisville. And at that point, it was just me and David Stilley. Okay. Uh, we had lost our uh, violist surge uh, synthesizer guy, Mark Bradlin. Uh, he stayed in Santa Cruz. He didn't want to come. So, But we were a duo. We were two one-man bands at that point. David had an eight-foot cage of gongs with about 50 gongs hanging around it. Uh, eight foot by eight foot by eight foot, and in front of that he had a he had a drum set on the side, and a ray of horns that were all mounted, sax, baritone sax, bass sax, soprano sax, uh, alto, and he played them all. What about tenor? Contrabass clarinet. What, what about tenor? What about tenor? Um. He never really played the tenor for wow. some reason. He okay. didn't have one. Okay, that's probably why. He had a trombone for a while that he played, though. The bone. Rocking the bone. Yeah. Bass, bass clef. He, he could play trumpet <laughs> and a trombone, too, you know. Yeah. He had a bassoon. Bassoon. I mean, he, 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 he mastered the bassoon. Well, what about oboe? It, you know, Roxy Music had that Andy McKay guy rocking the oboe. Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't think a lot of rock bands were rocking you. I'll tell you, bassoon, you go see that Sangra Familia in uh, Barcelona, Mr. Gaudi's uh, church. They're still working on it 100 years later. Instead of the angels yeah. playing harps, they're playing bassoons. <laughs> I tell you, man, bassoons are the new rock instrument. I keep, I've been saying this for two decades now, but I still believe it. Double read. They say those people have problems with strokes. Look, I want to play this trippy thing you gave me, 21st Century String Quartet.
Well, for me, that chunk of music started off with the 21st century string quartet. Pause in the action. Then after that, out of Texas, and I know this is out of Texas, How I Quit Crack, Chris Cones and his wife. Uh, Eyelash Lace is the two. Larry Boast out of Southern Oregon with Freedom of Consequences. Ray Shin out of Reno, his buddy. Tail Gunner. And you were saying something about Cobra in regards to uh, Mr. Zorn. Well, this is the Urban right. Bush Ensemble with a tune called Cobra. So first, uh, yeah, what, what's Urban Bush Ensemble about? Well, when when David and I moved to Louisville, the environment was way different. Uh, so, you know, we were doing these heavily intellectual kind of compositions and this very abstract free improvisation. Nobody else was had an ear for this or knew what we were doing. Uh, so we decided to form an alter ego and called it the Urban Bush Ensemble. And it started out as four guitar players playing interlocking guitar parts, not unlike what King Crimson started in the 80s doing. And, um, and uh, like an Afro rhythm section. So we had Bob Douglas, my current drummer, was our drummer, and we had this fantastic bass player named Andy Andy Rademacher. And the idea was for the to play dance music that the guitars would be the rhythm section, and the, the rhythm section would be like just go go nuts and be as danceable as they could. And, and so, was, uh, was this was a tune that I wrote, and uh, somebody told me this could be a single. Now, <laughs> now, was, was now was David in this project? Yeah, he was the guitar player. He was one of the guitar players. Oh, so besides player. reeds and percussion, he also did guitar. Okay, great. Yeah. He, oh, play, yeah. he, he plays everything, really right? Much David, better guitar player than I was. David can play everything. He could just, I mean, except, just, except, natural. except the tenor. <laughs> Apparently not the okay. tenor. Now, now enlighten me to 21st century string quartet, Joey. Okay, well, Mark Bradlin, who was in New Greet in Santa Cruz uh, when we were a trio, was a violist, and I played violin, and uh, I knew this fantastic um, cellist who lives in San Francisco, Doug Carroll, who was from Birmingham, Alabama. Ah, Sun Ra, and, uh, Sam I, Bennett. Yeah, and LaDonna Smith, Davey Williams. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, we had this uh, fantastic uh, female player, uh, Betsy Benke, who, who was my violin teacher, really. Whoa! And uh, we we uh, formed a quartet and did some concerts. And uh, this was uh, this that piece was written by Mark Bradlin, the violist. Okay. There's a lot of improvisation to it, but uh, it just came out so wonderfully natural that I I just love that. Did you end up writing for him? Kind of did you end up writing for him? Did you end up writing for him too? Um, not for that piece, really. I mean, well, not, not for the piece. I mean, for the group, for the proj. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in my band right now is a really good reader, except for me. So I have to write in order to uh, not have to read their music. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and is uh, 21st Century String Quartet still going? It's an ongoing concern? No, no, that was a San Francisco project. Oh, okay, okay. We rehearsed in San Francisco. Well, you kept Oud Greet going, so I was just wondering. <laughs> because basically, Oud Greet is you and David, right? Right. 
Right. So having that well, it was up until '96, and then David left to go back to Santa Cruz. Oh, is that right? Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. And so I replaced uh, David with uh, Greg Acker and Steve Good. So you're the only consistent member of Oot Greek. That's right. Okay. 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 Something to know, but but the spirit lives on. Yeah, I'm the Robert Fripp of Oot Greek. <laughs> And we're at the end of the second hour, December 7th, 2022 edition. Watt Pete Rush, your special guest, Joey Conroy. Hold tight, fire three. December 7th, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. What does it promise me?
children, she knows the forgotten times. The flower children, singing songs of peace and love. The flower children, stand for the truth, and they give you a flower with a smile. They remind us that nature is our home, following their hearts in everything they do, helping to make our dreams come true. in the streets They're dedicated to a way that can be better for all humanity The flower children Symbols of forgotten times The flower children Singing songs of peace and love The flower children Stand for the truth And they give Maybe, maybe live. 
Clive, it is. Because he's doing the same thing when we're going into the heart.
Watch for Pedro Show. We start off the third hour with the Secret Commonwealth doing eternity. And then Crane. Come up at Idaho. Utapim. Flower children. Then a practice. This is a tape at a practice of children of a nuclear playground. I guess they're getting this tune together. Stories of the takers and leavers. Got to hear how it was being developed there. Uh, and finally, Eugene Chadbourne, Professor Huge, with Joey Connor. I guess it was with Greet. Yes. And uh, Draft Morning. I've uh, Professor Huge has been sending me his solo guitar stuff every morning, but I guess he's going on a tour now, so we'll have a little hiatus. How'd you meet <laughs> Professor Huge? Um, Henry Kaiser introduced us. Henry um, Kaiser. All right. Yeah. I got Henry's to do. Been I got, a really good friend of mine. Well, he's yeah. a Santa Santa Cruz cat, and you know, I got to do a, a couple, uh, both of John Coltrane's suites with him. Actually, I didn't want to. It was Henry made me do it. <laughs> and I, I met Henry through. Uh, well, I actually met him as a, uh, still as a Minuteman, but then I really got to play with him again through Nels Klein. Nels is amazing, isn't he? Yeah. Oh fuck. Incredible cat. Just uh, we were talking about Jim Hall this morning via email. He lives in New York City now. So, but I, I'm always writing him emails and stuff and learning from him. Uh, yeah, Nels so, is so, so, one of the greatest living guitar players. I I saw him and you uh, uh, doing your engine room. Ah, tour. first opera. Yeah, 1998. Yeah. Oh, I remember that, that Louisville gig. Fantastic. It was a weird kind of sports right. bar. Strange. I remember standing next to a guitar player friend of mine, Keenan Waller, and Nels was doing a solo, and his jaw just dropped down, and it kept dropping, and it kept dropping. And I hit him in the shoulder and said, breathe, you're going to pass out. <laughs> and, you know, he's opened the doors for a lot of these young guitarists to let the freak flag fly, you know, that, that there's no genre. Th you just play whatever you want. I just love right. it. I just love it. Thank you. Thank you, Nels. So hit me to... The Secret Commonwealth and Danny Dutton. Okay. Danny Dutton is this amazing artist who lives in on a farm that his family built. His family uh, was one of like the 18, first 18 families to move across the Cumberland Gap and settle into Kentucky. And um, there's a, actually a civil war battle that happened on his land called the Battle of Dutton Hill. He still lives there in a house that his parents built, and he built his, a house and a studio. And he's he's one of these people that has no limits in the artistic world. He's a writer, he's a photographer, he's a sculptor. He does clay and um, uh, ceramics. He's a fantastic composer, a great guitarist, keyboard player, poet. I mean, he's just got the full range of... He's, he's a renaissance man, and he's my favorite uh, singer-songwriter. And how did you meet I him? I think there's only like a – you know, I we did this gig. We had this alter ego uh, thing that we did called Local Universe. It was basically a way for Utgreet to play um, museums and stuff like that. And we were playing at the University of Louisville, and he showed up. And everything that we we were improvising, but everything we improvised, he turned into a tune somehow. Whoa. I just couldn't understand like how this was happening, and he just seemed like so full of music. It's like everything just became naturally a, a song that centered around 
you know, these directions that he was just putting out with his guitar and homemade instruments even. And uh, went up to him. He invited this cello player that we were playing with at the time, Hannah, um, um, down to, and she didn't want to go by himself herself. So she asked me, and I brought a bunch of my instruments, and we just ended up recording and just hit it off. And I joined. I've been in every. He he composes operas, dance operas. Wow. And um, I played in almost all of those for him. He's got like seven or eight dance operas that he's done. Okay, and I played a whole lot of different instruments for him. That's beautiful. I play that's a lot beautiful. of Asian instruments, a lot of Arabic instruments, that kind of thing. I'm a good oud player. What is he like? Uh, he's like David. They just, he just picks up exotic stuff and here, try this out, Joey. He's he's just a pure artist. I mean, I've I've never met anybody like him. Anything oh. he wants to do, I'll do it. Okay, I love I love Even people it lives like about that. three hours away. You know, it's still worth it, right? Yeah, it's totally worth it's worth it every time. He's a great chef. I mean, you go down and he makes you this meal that you'll never have again in the rest of your life. Oh man, he is Renaissance man. Okay, I want to play some more Ukri.
Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Chunk started off with Oot Greet doing the grotesque pageantry of fading empires. Then out of the East Bay, Oaktown, Headboggle with Mid-Clock. Samuel Locke Ward out of Iowa City. Swing that hammer. Uh, M Mountain Offensive. This is Brother Phil up in Mammoth here, California, but up in the mountains. Also, Sprach Zarathustra, a space rock odyssey, and this is the full thrust version. And finally, Arch, Arch Analyst with Facelift, something live at the Belknap Theater in 1994. Hip us to that, Joey. That was uh, when David, um, we, we moved to Louisville when David had moved. He hadn't moved, but he went on a three-month Asian tour, came back with a, a Asian wife. Uh, so I, Oot Greet was left on hiatus, and I didn't want to call it Oot Greet. So everybody who was in Oot Greet at the time, which is the guitar player, Dean Zagoras, Steve Good, who's still my clarinet player, and Gary Paler, who was the Oot Greet drummer at the time, formed this band, and I played bass. And I played, I put that tune on there because that's my arrangement of a Hugh Opper tune. Hugh Opper of the Soft Machine is a big influence on me. Yeah, And yeah. that's his tune. And uh, I wanted to put something where my I thought my bass playing was impressive. You know, all <laughs> the, all the, all, oh, but, yeah, you, <laughs> Joe, you did real good. Real oh, good. Thanks, as, a, as a brother bass player, you did real good. Now, did you ever get into drums? Never. I was... Okay, so that's the one. That's the one part of music that you ain't got it. Same with me. Same with me. Although I will say, some people will say four string guitar is the bass. I would say it's a four string drum set. <laughs> yeah. Well, I play Chapman Stick, you know, and that I play that kind of percussively. Ah, okay. That's, when? when, did, when uh, did, uh, how did you get one of those? Well. Um, I got one for, uh, I bought one and it got stolen almost immediately. Oh, and I was shit. getting married and I was broke and unemployed. And James Potter, who was in Utgreet, formerly in Utgreet, and Henry Kaiser got together and got a bunch of my friends to pitch in and buy me a new one. You know, I have, I, have, I have only one thing experience with Chapman Stick. I never touched one or saw one or played one. But I did get to play the cream bass. Jack Bruce. Had no way. Pinchy way. Look, oh, Jack Bruce shit. played with Bruce Gary and Mick Taylor in some fusion European tour in the early 70s, mid 70s. And I didn't know anything Girl, about this. Was keyboard player. I, oh, yeah, that's right. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, somebody was telling yeah. me. Anyway, this guy, Harvey Kubernet, takes me up to Bruce Gary's pad. I thought he was a new wave drummer. I didn't. This guy, very nice man. And he, you know, he pre plays a tape of this shit in about a 45 minutes. I thought I was going to die. But he, he luckily turns it off and he comes in and brings in another tape. And he plays it. And it's the last cream gig at Albert Hall. He brings out this bass case. And there's a letter in there saying that he traded a Chapman stick for the... He, no amplifier, but Bruce Gary let me play the cream bass for a half hour. He pauses the tape, the Albert Hall tape, to show me the marks on the bass that are in the fucking video. Wow. Yeah, so sometimes you guys sit through some bullshit for some real good thing to happen. That's the lesson <laughs> I learned. So what you got next, Joey? Where can people find you on the internet? 
Uh, well, um, if you go to YouTube, we've got about a dozen videos posted. Uh, a lot of those are interesting because uh, one thing that's not really represented uh, in, in my work that I sent you is I've played a lot of music for dance. I used to ha I had an Arabic music group. Oh, wow. That we worked up a ver uh, an Arabic music version of Labrera and A Minor from the Allman Brothers. Whoa, I'd but love did to the hear Arabic that. Version of it. Really great, an Arabic music ensemble. Uh, I played uh, Celtic and Irish music. We called it country and Eastern music. Yeah, yeah. Said, you know, we did, we did so a lot of Scandinavian and Irish and Scottish. Do you, re and do you record this stuff? If you recorded this stuff, please flow it to me and I'll play it on the show. Okay, I'll do that. I'd love to. And in that. fact, I would love to have you back on because we run out of time. Will you come back on so we can hear some of this? I love dance music, man. I think dance was a main motivator of why music came about. Right. I totally agree. I totally agree. Okay, so we'll 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 set up another uh, spiel, okay, Joey? Thank you so much. Fantastic. I love what you're doing. Keep on keeping on. Ooh, greet everything. That cut, cut, oh, uh, man, thanks. Eastern and West. Uh, country and Eastern, everything. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> People, it's been December 7, 2022. Edition Watt Peter. So keep your powder dry.